Dude, yeah. I had so much tasty for you today, Seamus. <laughs> As you mentioned, Shane, KG had a quote about how he didn't think players of his era would adapt to the modern-day NBA very well. And so we are going to say, fuck you, Kevin Garnett. Here are six players that we think would be sick um, uh, in today's league. And you know what? If he doesn't like it, uh, you know what, dude? I'll meet you I'll meet you in Slidell, all right? Do you, do you think the three of us could beat up Kevin Garnett? <laughs> No, I, I honestly think it would be like that's like even odds. I feel like old Kevin Garnett with the three of us in our athletic primes, right? Now. Yeah. Dude, he just screams anything is possible and then just punches one of us straight in the head. Then we're just one person's done. He could get like all, right. all three of us at the same time. All right, so one of my players, the greatest shooter of all time, Seamus. Do you know who that is? Stevie Franchise. No, I said the greatest shooter, Seamus. <laughs> Danny Granger. No, Eli, do you have a guess? Greatest shooter of all time, mid-aughts. Um, let me think. I would say, uh, well, it's not Corver because he's still in the league. Is it Pager? Oh. Holly Serviak. Oh, what? oh yes. <laughs> Career 400 shooter from downtown. Yeah. .9 made threes a game on two points. <laughs> but, like, I feel like his game would have translated very well to now. I feel like all, all the shit he did – the the thing lost in this for me is it's easy to say like a lot of the players couldn't play defense now. It's like a lot of the players now don't play defense now. I think those guys right. like a lot of players would have been fine. Like you're gonna get scored on. It's just the nature of the game. But Wally Serviak, I think, is a player like his his game would have translated very well. Yeah, and he was big too, right? Do you have his like stats up? How tall was he? He was like six seven, six eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's... yeah. But he I mean, he he had the size. You know, he had the aggressiveness. Right. He got, I think. He only scored over 20 a season once, and I'm not saying he would have been like an all-star, but I think his game would have translated very well. I'm surprised he got over 20 once. Yeah, it was it was like 20.1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it was like... if it was with Cleveland or not, though. I don't know if Seamus remembers, but... I don't think it was. It was probably when he was with Minnesota, maybe. Mm. But I was going to say, I would, like, what's Wally Serbiak, like, compared to, like, Duncan Robinson now? Right. Like, yeah. I feel like that's, like, a very similar, like, he's out there, like, not the best defender, but he's big, and he can shoot threes. And Serbiak was stronger than Duncan Robinson is. Like, yeah, Robinson's yeah. a skinny dude. I'm not trying to hate. I'm just saying, like, his frame is not going to carry as much muscle as Serbiak's did. Yeah. yeah. Duncan Robinson's also, like, 29 years old. Yeah. Really? Right. No, he's actually, like, 27 or something like he that. He is older, yeah, because yeah. he did four years, and he bounced around for a little bit. That's a good one, Shane. I, for some reason, now that I'm thinking about, um, uh, the true Cavaliers heroes of that era, I just want to talk about Danielle Marshall, <laughs> who, like, was not, would definitely not be good in today's NBA because he was awful in, like, the aughts NBA as well. I love those Cavs teams, man. Just, like, incredible, incredible athletes, um, that LeBron is playing with. My, a little bit higher profile than Serbiak, but I think kind of a forgotten dude who I think would honestly be even, like, way better today, and he was already good. Jay Rich, man. Jason mm. Richardson. So here's – I just have his stats up on uh, basketball reference. He was a career 370 three-point shooter on, like, five attempts a game. So that's – back then, that's, like, real volume on threes. 
imagine if he's putting up closer to 10 and hitting like four of those. He was like, Luca before Luca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, I mean, he had seasons that he was at like 23 points per game. Like he could put, he could get buckets and it's not like they were empty stats. I don't think like the, we believe warriors team in uh 06, 07, he might've been like their second best player after Davis. And I just, I always liked his game. I thought he just like could pretty much do everything on the court. You know, like he's not like the greatest ball handler or the greatest shooter or the greatest defender, but you feel good about him and all of those kind of key categories. And I just think if you put him on like today's warriors and he just had to like shoot and attack closeouts, I just think he would have been a monster. Yeah, I agree. I mean, also like crazy dunks too, which is yeah, like, <laughs> which is sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, Jason Richardson was like, cause I have a li- so I have like three people that I picked, but I have like a list of like other people that I was like considering or like I also think would be good. And he was like one of the people cause he was just good. Like him and Baron Davis. I don't know if that's anybody else's, but Baron I Davis, was, no, I thought I about it. Davis, but I thought he was too good already. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So my first person is shout out Duino, Michael Red. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, the bucket. Yep. So Michael Red, Michael Red's career is like very weird. Peak Michael Red is shoot is getting like twenty five a game, and then his career three point percentage is thirty eight percent on four and a half threes a game, and forty five percent just field goal percentage. So he is just banging threes somewhere. Like if you left him on the Bucks, like I think he's like instead of like Middleton, like he's just automatic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Middleton might be a little bit better ball handler at this point, but, like, if you're just talking about pure shooting, I mean, Michael Red, like, <laughs> that dude, <laughs> he did not miss. Yeah. Of my favorite Michael Red fact that I remember is that he actually, like, got minutes on the Redeem team in 08. You remember that? Like, that after they, after the, um, uh, U.S. men's basketball lost so badly in 04. And they had to like get everybody to actually care again in 08. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Red was like their, uh, their like sort of, I don't know, concession to, oh, you gotta have shooters out there, guys that don't need the ball, guys that just wanna play defense and play their role. And he, he was did more get of a shooting game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he was out there, man. He played. Yeah. Who did, um, who did they beat? Uh, who did the routine team beat in the finals? Cause I, I can't remember, but I remember every time I watched that on YouTube, it's like closer than I thought it would be. And it's yeah, like it was Spain. It was Spain, right? It was a Spain, I think it was Spain. Yeah. 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 Was it Rudy Fernandez? Was it Fernandez and Rubio? Dude, Rudy Fernandez was nice too. Yeah. yeah like all time. Actually, he'd be a good one for this. All time, like dude, like him and, um, uh, God, M- Miritich. All time yeah. dude that was just like, I want to like play more minutes. <laughs> I make enough money like in Spain or whatever. I just want to be the star. Like I don't care about this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wesley. Yeah, and that's kind of like a that's a growing thing. It's just like the money players make is so much now that it doesn't factor into their decisions as much anymore. And I think like everyone knows that. Like what's seventy versus eighty million for a better situation? Like, right. And also, I mean, I don't think Fernandez got, like, his jaw busted by some dude either. So Miritich has, like, another layer of excuse there as maybe not really fucking with the NBA so much. Yeah, I can go again. Um, This is a random one. Or not random, but, like, a little bit older, like, earlier 2000s. Jamal yeah. Mashburn. Ooh, yeah. Talk about a wide body. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I did not realize, like, I'm on um, basketball reference now, but I did not. So, Mashburn is 6'8", 240, and he averaged over his career 20 points, 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. But the <laughs> assists are, like, all over the place, like, for each year. But, like, 25 and 3, or 2.5, and, and that's on... 40% field goal shooting and 30% three-point shooting, but I just feel like he would just be, like, a lockdown defender, too. Like, if he actually had a coach that gave a shit. Yeah. And then, like, he's just, like, perfect size, like, good wing person. You can play him at – at this point, you can play him whatever forward position you want to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll, Jamal I'll Mashburn. Just, I think you could play him at the five, even. Maybe. Like, 240 and 6'8". I mean, he he's bigger than Bam. I mean, he, his career is also like injury riddled because it's. Yeah. If you look at his his first three years in the league, he was averaging like twenty five, twenty five five and three, and then it's like he gets hurt, and then it's like twelve points a game, or like twelve points, ten points, thirteen points. But he's only playing like thirty, forty games a year. Um, but like fully healthy, obviously in theory, Jamal Mashburn would be nasty. Agreed. I I'm trying. I always used to get him confused with uh, Jamal. Wait, wait, was it? Wait, who am I thinking of? Who is McGlory? Jamal McGlore. Yeah, it was Jamal McGlore. That's what it was. I always got those two mixed up when I was like young, a young pup playing 2K. Yes. Because <laughs> that's really this is really like the 2K All Stars in my head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, I, I will now. I'll take my um uh, my moment here to uh, do the very predictable and wax about Gilbert. I'm just gonna read. This is his stats for o, for o five o six o six o seven. O five o six, dude is putting up 29 points with an effective field goal percentage of over 500, with like 10 free throws a game, seven three point attempts a game. That would be one of the best players in the league if he played today. I just believe that deep down in my soul. Um, uh, if he was taking even, like, again, closer to 10 threes a game, he could have easily been scoring over 30 points. Like, I don't think Brad Beal is all that much better than him. Gilbert is basically like if Brad Beal had Kyle Lowry's ass. Like, <laughs> he just could, like, get into the lane and get that foul contact way more consistently than these skinny guards because... He had more of it to move around, and, I mean, honestly, he was, I think, even more dangerous driving than he was as a shooter, and he was, like, a fantastic shooter. Uh, fuck Gerald Wallace. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. A player who would be dog shit in today's NBA, by the way, Gerald Wallace. Um, uh, so, you know what? Gilbert forever, uh, and that's all I got to say. You're, you're a crash hater? Crash was the guy that blew out Gilbert's knee. No, I mean, like, you don't think he would do fine now? I think he'd be okay. <laughs> he can't shoot. I don't think he – dude, I, th- I feel like he'd be living at the free throw line, though. Like, the way – like, as many whistles as you get now, if he garnered the same respect from the referees, like, now that he got when he played, I, I, th- I think he'd be shooting a lot of free throws. Like, I really do. Who would you Who would you compare him to, like, today? Yeah. Probably, honestly, like, without the playmaking ability, like, just in terms of, like, being the body going to the rim like Jimmy. Like, I feel like he could, like, yeah. get, he could 
get that same amount of contact with that kind of that similar frame. But I don't think he'd be like an all star. He would. He definitely would be worse now. But I think he okay. play. I think he'd be a starter somewhere. But. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. He wouldn't be an all star, but no, he would be. He'd be able to make the league. I mean, dude was too athletic to be like totally cast aside. I'm just a hater because again, he ruined Gilbert's career and yeah. like. For a fucking shitty Bobcats team that like never ever mattered to anyone. Dude, that's uh, that's me and Kimo von Olfen for uh, the Steelers and <laughs> uh, Carson Palmer's knee. Yeah. Like, if I ever see him on the street, I'm morally obligated to like. He might kill me, but I have to. I have to give it a try. I have uh-huh. to defend, you know, Carson Palmer's honor. But so I had uh, I had like three or four players I was considering, and uh, I just think like Rasheed Wallace. Like, you slap him in any era. He's not gonna listen to the coach. He's, he's gonna play how he wants to play, and it's gonna work in, in every era. I feel like he'd just be—he's he, just a—he was the Morris Twin 1.0. You know, what I mean, he was just except way, better. way better. <laughs> except what? Except way, way better. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. He's just like the best. He's the best possible version of that style of player. And I, I, I really adamantly believe teams need like if you're a championship team, you do need the enforcer, and he was just—he was the best at it. So. And then, like, without going too much into it, I think Bird, <laughs> Birdman was my third. I think like, his dad, <laughs> like he would be the same player now he was then, and it, it would be fine. Like, there's still there's still a place for that. Agreed. Yeah. No, Birdman. He would. He actually might even be a little bit better because I feel like that kind of pick and roll guy is even a more well defined role now. You know, like where he's just like a rim runner the entire time. Rather than, like, I feel like even back when he was playing, there was still, like, oh, like, give it to the big guy on the post, you know, like, let yeah. him get the buckets. It's like, no. It's <laughs> nine, yeah. yeah. No, nah, he, he for sure would average, like, seven points a game as opposed to, like, five he had back in the day. But, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think, like, like you said, the more clearly defined, that's a more clearly defined role now, and I feel like he he was good at it. He was good at what he did. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think, yeah, Sheed is a great pick. I think he's another one, like, I think he just would have been a center for most of his career if he, like, came in the league now, which would have been good for him, because he wasn't, like, a good enough three-point shooter to really be a threat there as, like, a wing, I don't think, but if you're, like, a five shooting like he did from three and doing everything else he did, like, he was an enforcer, but he was also probably, like, he might have been the best passer on those Pistons teams. I mean, Chauncey was great, but, like, I mean, more of a scoring guard, and I just think she'd, like was such so much the glue um uh, when those Pistons teams were great. So yeah, love Sheed. Uh respect uh only to Rasheed Wallace. Um it would be really funny to like it would be really funny if he were playing in the pandemic season. Uh because we would have quite a few <laughs> sound bites I think of uh what exactly was going on from from good old Sheed. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm looking at Sheed's stats now for Detroit. Obviously, like, Portland's, like, his prime. But his Detroit stats are not as good as I thought they were going to be. But they also scored, like, 80 points a game. Right. So <laughs> I guess I got to think about that. Because he's averaging, like, 13 points a game. He um, he, never, he didn't want to score, though. Like, he, you know what, Shane? I almost feel like if, in ter- not in terms of his play style, but in terms of his, like, attitude as a basketball player, I mean, I, I think Jokic is better. But, like, if I had to compare Sheed to anybody in the league now, it would almost be somebody like Jokic, who, like, wants to be, like, the glue pass-first guy um, uh, as a big. And, I mean, again, like, Sheed is way more intense and uh, way just more volatile, frankly. But in terms of the things that he wanted to do on the court, like, I think I would compare him more to Jokic than I would, like, even somebody like Bam. 
Because I, I was going to say, I would use him in, like, the Miles Turner role. Like, Miles Turner is just, like, another level of shot blocking, even for Rashid. I think, like, that dude could just block anything. But that's kind of the role I would place him in in today's NBA, just being, like, the rim protector, stretching just, the floor. I just feel like he had more ball skills than that, though. Like, yeah. I just feel like you could give Sheed the ball and, like, at the, um, uh, at, like, the nail or at the high post. And, like, he maybe wouldn't score every time, but he'd make the right play and get the ball where it needed to go. Yeah. I was going to say, I would compare him to Boogie. Almost, if Boogie's like trying. The one thing about Sheed that Sheed has on both Boogie and Jokic is like Sheed was an elite defender. Jokic um, just stopped in the steals, bro. Yeah, right. Gilbert was number three in steals in 07. <laughs> um, another person I had, or I guess like my third person, I had like a bunch of other people, but the third person I like kind of picked was Richard Lewis. Because I, think I love Rich- I love those Magic teams. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, Rashad Lewis is like my favorite jump shot to mimic. Like, I was like money touching it to my foot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was he was good on the Supersonics before he went to the Magic, too. Like, him and Ray Allen. And, I mean, it's one of those things where he's 6'10", and so, you know, you can kind of play him wherever you want now. And just good shooter, just let him, like, float around. Like, decent rebounder for how big he is, but like that, like if you're looking for offense, not defense, obviously, because he does not play defense. Good player. Another former Wizards great. Um, yes. uh, he was actually who we salary dumped Gilbert for. So it's all, we're just Full making circle. a big circle here. Yeah. Um, and I love to see it. Uh, right. I do. I do want to say I, I almost picked Davis for this before going with Jason Richardson. I do just want to bring him up at the end here just to say that like, Baron Davis, I think, in today's NBA, I don't think he was, like, a great shooter by today's standards, but he was good enough where you had to guard him out there. And just, like, his strength and his ability to get to the rim, I think, would make him really special in today's NBA with the spacing as it is. Shouts out to Baron Davis. Um, uh, Did you guys, did you see those, like, viral photos of him from, like, last year, I want to say, of, like, just totally, like, sucking face with, um... uh Laura Dern in public. Laura Dern, the actress. Yeah. Dude, why? I'm struggling to put name to face. It wasn't uh, she was Jurassic Park, right? Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I think I like I vaguely remember that. I don't think I've seen the picture. Dude, yeah. they're sick. Good <laughs> he's like carrying. It's either I might be his purse, but he's like carrying potentially her purse and just like absolutely like like her leg is up. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to town. <laughs> hey, man, if you don't like it, look away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I've been watching, like, the Godzilla movies, obviously, because, like, the new one's coming out. And I, like, I always liked Godzilla as a kid, and I, like, vaguely remember, like, five or six of them, because, like, I did used to just have, like, hella DVDs. Like, that was, like, my mom would just buy me Godzilla DVDs. <laughs> but I'm, like, watching them now and, like, keeping, like, the tier list of, like, how I thought they were. And I had never seen the original one, so I started, like, all the way back. And, like, dude, the original Godzilla was, like, really good. And, like, obviously it had to be or else there wouldn't be this many. But it was, like, it was way funnier than I expected to be. Like, every when I was watching it the entire time, I kept thinking of, like, Jaws. Like, you know that scene where it's, like, the fisherman's in the back yeah. and he's, like, I saw it. He's, <laughs> like, yeah, that doll. <laughs> I was, like, dude, they definitely ripped that from Godzilla. That's, like, it's, like they definitely 100% stole that, like, scene. That scene was in that movie. But the scene in the original Godzilla, which this is, like, 1960 or something, it starts with, like, fishermen. It's like a fish, fishing boats just keep going missing, so they keep sending them out and, like, not coming back. 
And then one guy was like, I know what it is. It's Godzilla. <laughs> Just like, <I'm- laughs> and he's like, yeah, the nuclear bombs, uh, you know, I like, was going to, I was going to ask how explicit it is that it's about the bomb. Very, very. Yeah. yeah you can tell. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so the one guy was like, yeah, it's going to eat all the fish and then eat everybody. <laughs> that was like his line, essentially. Yeah. Which is like what happened, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're, they're like, shit, Godzilla's like coming ashore. We got to build a giant fence. So they build like a giant electric fence. And of course it doesn't work. I liked the original one because like it had a, it felt like Jaws, like I said, like in, when you're watching Jaws and you see like, we got to keep the beach open. It's just like shitty government decisions. That it's like, that's a very big focal point of like Godzilla. It's like the Japanese government like struggling to like figure out what to do. And it's like kind of like comedic in a way. But, uh, there's like, there's like a good kind of like story of like the humans in the movie where one guy built, it was the oxygen destroyer. Like that was like what, what I think was like the code for like the atom bomb essentially. But uh he, like, has it in the basement, and he just, like, unprovoked shows, like, the main actress in the movie. He's like, yeah, like, come here. I want to show you something. And he, like, blows up these fish, and she's like, whoa! <laughs> she's, like, it, like, felt very out of place. I was like, dude, why would you show her that? But, uh, and he's like, you can't tell anybody about my research. And, like, of course she does, because, like, they just, they had nothing for Godzilla. They were sending, like, tanks at it and stuff, and it wasn't working. Yo, these chicks so, ain't uh, loyal. Like, I have to tell my husband about the oxygen destroyer. And the guy was like, fuck, you told him? <laughs> he was like, the governments are going to make me, like, replicate this. They're going to make, their governments around the world are going to make me keep building this, which is like the code for the atom bomb, essentially. So he destroys his notes and then flies into Godzilla and, like, self-detonates the atom, like, the oxygen wow. with him. And, like, that's, like, the end of the movie. And it just, like, ends very abruptly. But it was, like, 9 out of 10, dude. I was, like, on my seat the whole time. That's, pretty, that's honestly pretty raw, yeah. I didn't... Yeah, I, no, it was, like, it was really good. I mean, yeah. um... I think for a movie in the, it was like the 1950s, like it aged really well. Yeah. Second one was Bonds, cause like, and the, back in the day, cause you know Godzilla was just a dude in a suit. Uh-huh. And then the second one he fights, it was like a mix between like a stegosaurus and another dinosaur. But his weakness was like his underbelly, like his brain was like mm. evenly distributed, like all, all throughout <laughs> okay. the underbelly. But uh, again, these are just dudes in suits. So like Godzilla's like, they're just like punching each other. And, like, this dude on all fours is, like, trying to, like, punch back, and it just looks really weird. <laughs> that one was terrible. Everything about that movie was terrible, like, the pacing and everything. God- uh, Godzilla versus King Kong was lit. I was like, that might that might have been the best one, where it was just, like, back and forth, where Godzilla was just waxing him. And then uh, King Kong gets power from thunderstorms. And sure, it, like, sure. And, of course, it started thunderstorming, so he got back uh-huh. up, and they fell into the ocean, and that's, like, where it ended. And I'm watching the Mothra one now, and I'm like, oh hell yeah! I had to, I forget why I had to stop watching it, but I'll probably watch that like later today. But Mothra's chill. Mothra like lost its egg. This is I'm like halfway through the movie, but it like washed ashore, and then uh, the fishermen are like, we gotta sell this thing, so they sell it to this like <laughs> real estate tycoon guy, and he builds a place called Happy Land where he just like charges admission for people to see the Mothra tickets. And then uh, he he charges like a mission for people to come see the egg. And his name is Tronald Dump. Yeah, dude, that's like very much like what the character feels like. Yeah, but um, and there's just like two miniature women that like live on the island. They're like the size of your hand, and they live on the island with Mothra. So they show up, and they're like, "We need the egg back." And the guy's like, "You gotta pay." <laughs> it was just like random ass fishermen were like, "Yeah, you can have it for nine thousand yen." <laughs> and yeah. then the government sounds like, good. Good movies, having a good time. Shane, I forget what you, I saw the, I don't remember which Godzilla it was, like, in order, but I saw the one, the the main scene I remember of it is when they're doing that, like, 
essentially they're like parachuting in from the helicopter or whatever. You yeah, know, you know, describe the Halo it? drop. That yeah, was yeah, a, yeah, that was the that was the Brian Cranston one, which because yeah. that's that's what I was gonna say. My problem with a lot of the guy like the first Godzilla movie. I really enjoyed, like, the government aspect of it because it was, like, that's just, like, interesting for that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, they are too slow or they do too much, yeah. like, without the, like, I just want to see monsters, like, beat the shit out of each other and they're, like, yeah. don't show that enough. And that was my problem with that one. Yeah, I feel like, you. I literally only remember that scene. And so that was probably a not scene. a great movie. Dope. Super dope. Yeah. Dope. And that, um, <laughs> so that's, I, I would have to read this, but I think that's a reference to the original one because Godzilla hated light. That was their strategy, was they were going to, like, flare him back out into the ocean. But then in uh the second one, it was either the second or the third one, the monster he was fighting loved flares. So when they sent Godzilla <laughs> away, it, like, came one. They, like, had to figure out what to do. <laughs> Damn. Did, um, did, uh, did you see the new one? I haven't seen the new one, no. The Brian Cranston Billy Bobby Brown? <laughs> Dude, that, uh, that one was good, honestly. What did you, do you have any thoughts or feelings about the Peter Jackson King Kong? Was that the Jack Black one? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. liking that. I haven't seen it in a while. I do remember liking that one, though. It's like a TNT classic. Like, it's just <laughs> on cable all the time. Yeah, like that it's, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's the ridiculousness of TNT, dude. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just, like, weirdly, like, four hours when they run on TV. <laughs> Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Seamus, what have you been watching? Uh, Most recent thing, well... I recently watched on Netflix, I think it was Netflix, Beverly Hills Ninja, which I love that movie. <laughs> is but, that what it uh, sounds like? Huh? Is that what it sounds like? Have you not seen it? No. It's I've a, seen it. It's Chris Farley being a ninja. It's very stupid. I He's don't like follow that much. Okay, you'd hate it then, because it's yeah, yeah. 100% him, like, trying, like, it's like he's, like, trying to, like, be sneaky, and he'll, like, hide behind a tree, but he's too <laughs> fat, so he just sticks out like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we talked about shit's funny. Dance move for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like a show I've actually, um, I don't know if you guys have watched, but a lot of people are watching it. Or is Wandavision? I don't know if you guys have not. I know people really like it, but I feel like people really like anything Marvel, no matter what. But I have heard it's good from people I like respect their opinion. So it's it's weird because. Because they do, or the first week they put out two episodes, and then each week after they just put out one episode. So the first two episodes people hated, like, because they didn't understand, because they were, like, kind of teasing what it is. I don't want to, like, spoil it or anything, but they're, like, teasing what it is and then, or, like, the bigger picture of it. But it is, uh, like, a really good show, like, outside of, like, Marvel. Obviously, if you've seen the Marvel stuff, it hits different, but... Overall, I think it's a good show. It's not over yet, obviously, so they could switch up the ending. But, like, I trust Marvel to, like, do shit and not fuck up, basically. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, like, leave their audience, like, oh, what? It's not gonna be, like, the end of The Sopranos. (laughs) It was a Marvel show. (laughs) Wanda's gonna look at the camera and she's gonna fade to black. Yeah, yeah. Are you, like, a Marvel fan otherwise, Seamus? Like, are you in, were you into, like, the Avengers movies and everything? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I I am too, actually. It's just, like, uh, when this phase ended, they do, like, the phase thing, I kind of decided, like, yeah, I'm probably going to go see it when it drops, but I just, like, I'm not invested anymore. I feel like they're running it too long. The only thing I've been watching consistently recently is this old HBO show called Bored to Death. 
which I got into in college. It's like Jason Schwartzman and um, uh, Ted Danson, Zach Galifianakis. Um, uh, and it's essentially like three losers in New York who are all like artists, you know, um, uh, and about how like all their relationships fail and they just get high and like drink a lot of wine. I unsurprisingly am into that. <laughs> um, Still recycles that plot over definitely, and over. Yeah. Definitely, because well, that's funny because it's basically like it's basically like girls except it's guys. That's like, what I was, was going to say. It's like the girl version like that or like Sex in the City, where it's just like they're they're using New York as the character, right? I mean, that's yeah. like the yeah. Totally. I just happen to think that Bored to Death is way funnier than either of those shows, and it also like took itself way less seriously. Mm-hmm. Like Ray, or I'm sorry, Zach Galifianakis' character in the show is named Ray, and he's like this cartoonist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the biggest success he ever has in his career is um, this comic he draws called Super Ray, which is about um, a mild-mannered guy who accidentally uh, hits his dick on the third rail of the subway and gets superpowers from his dick. And it's just, like, huge dicks that he draws on every page. <laughs> Dude, I, I, like, I actually don't like Zach Galifianakis that much. Like, uh, I can see that. I, I don't... I... Okay, well... I don't like, dislike him, but no, I feel like no. people gas him a lot, and he's just like, whatever to Definitely, me. like, ten years ago, too, right? Like, yeah. Kind of like the like when the alt-comedy stuff was, like, really getting big, yeah. And that was kind of... <laughs> right. Yeah, and, like, the Hangover movies aren't funny, but I think, like, he's really funny and bored to death. There was also this show he did on FX called Baskets, which I think is funny, where he's, like, a clown, or, like, he's we he wants to be a rodeo clown. <laughs> That's, like, his dream. Um, uh... Uh, so I think it's, it's a little bit hit and miss for me with him, but when he, uh, is on it, I do think he's really funny. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. And then, uh, another plug, I texted you guys about this last night, but for any music lovers out there, uh, More Mother and Billy Woods, the album Brass, uh, it goes really hard. And I've been listening to that a lot. And, um, uh, otherwise, you know, just, just chilling in my, my single bedroom here. Um, uh, not too much to do, but uh, you fellas know I'm gonna have a a new a new lady in my life as of today. Um, uh, a sweet sweet little pup named Shiloh, who uh, who will be mine very shortly, and that's exciting. So she's gonna um, uh, be watching all sorts of HBO comedies with me. <laughs> Are you getting it uh, this weekend? Was that, that hey, happened? Or, yeah. Literally, like at 5 p.m., I'm driving down. Dude, hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I listened to that um, what the music you sent over when I was at the gym this morning, and it is it. it I liked it, but I was like, this is not music for the gym. Not gym music. <laughs> the, the beat was like all over the place, and I was yeah. like, I don't know, like. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, I've been a uh, I have a little like stationary bike thing I've been doing, so I'll like bike for three hours and like watch a movie or something, or like watch like documentaries or something. That's like two hour into my bike ride music. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's more like Zen, like um, uh, let your mind like seep out music rather than like I'm gonna get some sets in here. Yeah, like a, like a runner's high or a biker's high. I feel right. like music. Yeah, I want to watch the Britney documentary. I don't. What, do you know what's that? What's like, I do not. But obviously, I've heard about it. Yeah, people are like very into Britney Spears still. It seems. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I know for people our age, I mean, she just kind of was, like, the – was she, like, objectively the first – no, because, like, Michael Jackson was the first, like, child pop star, right? Like, True, but 
I do think um uh, there was like that next wave of it, like with those Disney kids when we were coming up. Yeah. And like her and Timberlake and Christina Aguilera, and she was definitely like the first one who really went like supernova. Yeah. And I remember that's like a truly like one of the first pop songs I ever remember hearing is Baby One More Time. Because I also remember that my mom hated it. Um, uh, unsurprisingly. <laughs> no, she, she is like very much like ingrained into, into like my earliest childhood memories. Like that, I, I associate her with like the Easy Bake Oven. I remember <laughs> hearing her music while my sister baked the Easy Bake Oven, and that shit slapped. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the three, like the three epochal songs for me of that era, right? Baby One More Time. Who let the dogs out? Yes, and and smooth by Santana. <laughs> I heard that on the radio all the time, and I loved it. I was into it. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, dude, this is how I feel as a four year old." <laughs> dude, I feel like people who like Santana are like the diehard, diehard uh, Daniel Day-Lewis fans, where it's just like they try to sell you way too much on it as like a it's, a, it's a piece of art, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just like, all right, this is like good music, I guess. But my dad's a fan of waiting line music. Yeah. Wait, have either of you seen that movie, A Serious Man, the Coen Brothers movie? No. Okay. It's, I like it's the Coen Brothers. Yeah, it's a good one. I would check it out. But there's this bit where like his son – signs up for like you know those old like um uh, like columbia record clubs or whatever where you'd pay a subscription and they'd send you like a different record every month or whatever like it was a thing that used to happen when people bought albums <laughs> okay. um but can i think the movie's set in like the 60s or the 70s or something but so right his like sh- his like dirtbag son like secretly signs him up for this and he keeps getting calls from like the record company that's like uh, you have a copy of Santana Abraxas that you haven't paid for, and he's like, "What is Santana Abraxas? <laughs> I don't want this." <laughs> so that's always what I think about whenever like somebody brings up Santana. Now, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there are any movies coming out that I want to see. Are, are either of you guys gonna watch the uh, Fred Hampton movie? That's already out, right? Yeah, it just came out. No, I'm gonna watch. I didn't know when it was coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's got, uh, I like a lot of the actors in it. Like, mm-hmm. I like Todd from Breaking Bad. Like, he's just, like, a good, he's good for that role. Yeah. Then, yeah. I'll probably watch another superhero thing, but I'll watch the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Oh, dude, I am definitely watching that. <laughs> five hours. Dude, five. Was that, um, I don't know if I'm mixing that up with another movie, but one of the superhero movies coming out soon the, uh, the, like, the main faction of, like, villains are called the Flag Stompers or something like that, which I was like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be Is that sick. Wonder Woman? <laughs> what? Is that Wonder Woman? I didn't see it. Okay. No, no, no it's I not out it. yet. It's one of the... Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. And, like, you know how, like, movies come out and they try to, like, tie the plot line to, like, current events and stuff, and I just feel like I, Marvel's going to do it in, like, an uh, unintentionally hilarious way, I feel like. Yeah. Did you watch the Wonder Woman movie, Seamus? I heard it was dog shit, yeah. <laughs> but, dude, people, it's good promotion on their part, but the people in the movie said it was going to be really good, <laughs> and then it wasn't. Well, the thing is, like, if you just list, like, the first Wonder Woman movie I thought was fine. Like, didn't think it was amazing, but I was like, this is a fine superhero movie. And they're like, all right, the bad guy's Pedro Pascal. And I was like, okay. And they're like, also Kristen Wiig's in it, and she's also bad. But you don't know that at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, too. And then the special effects suck. And <laughs> there's just so much, like, inconsistency 
with, like, how they do... Like, there's a scene where Wonder Woman flies for, like, 15 minutes to have a realization, and then she has to... And then it immediately cuts to her on, like, an island to fight the bad guy for, like, the final scene. But in between, they don't show. She has to, like, go back to her apartment to get, like, this fancy <laughs> set of armor. But they don't show that. But it's just her flying for, like, 15 minutes to the island. And then it's her on the island with this suit. And you're like, she didn't have this on her this uh-huh. whole 15 minutes. Um, she had it She had it in her inventory, dude. She just equipped it. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite subreddits is... uh r dash continuity porn which just like isn't a thing in movies too much but i i really do appreciate when shows like have an easter egg that like holds up like four seasons later like in the background that's like not much emphasis on it like i, I do uh-huh. enjoy when they do things like that but i feel like uh like breaking bad and better call saw are like ideal for that shit yeah yeah uh, I, need to, I do want to get back into better call saw i stopped after like three seasons i, and I really enjoyed it i just put it down yeah, yeah. and never got back to it but i feel yeah i am in kind of the camp i do enjoy it more than uh breaking bad honestly i think I i'm think there too now, now. Yeah. yeah so we are gonna each three pick one team that did not make the playoffs last year that we think has the best chance in the next three years or so to be honest contenders my pick is the Sacramento Kings. So here, just not necessarily matters for their, like, long-term outlook, but here's just a, a fun Kings fact that I had completely, like, just, I would not have guessed this. How how old is Jabari Parker, a current Sacramento King? No, like 26 or 27, right? He's really not that old. Seamus? 25. 25. Okay, yeah. Crazy to me that he's only 25. <laughs> I would have said, like, 27, 28, and it's not that big of a difference, but, like, I just couldn't believe that. Yeah, um, dude, he's the, uh, he's the King's version of, uh, what's that? Derek Favors. Yeah. Derek Favors has been around forever. He's, like, 19 years old. <laughs> right. Right. And Derek Favors, he was, he was on John Wall's Kentucky team, right? No, Derek Favors went to... Give you an idea of, like, how long he's been in the league. Yeah. No, Derek Favors was on um, Georgia Tech. Oh, you're right. I'm Blue thinking Schumper. of. Yes, you are right. I I'm thinking of. Uh, well, Eric Bledsoe was on that Kentucky team, but doesn't matter. Um. Uh, so anyway, that's just a fun Kings fact for you that <laughs> Jabari Parker is younger than all of us. Um. So here's something. Also, another guy who's younger than you think he is. Harrison Barnes, only 28. Buddy Heald, right? Yeah, no, I'm but a Harrison Barnes truther. I knew that. Like, I, I, I <laughs> like unironically think Harrison Barnes is good. I just feel like he gets paid. He's been really good this year. Yeah. And Buddy Heald also 28. So the two highest Kings players are both only 28. Both I don't think necessarily need to be in their long term future at all. Like I think Buddy is good in his role, but I also don't necessarily think if I'm like looking to maximize what the Kings are doing, especially now that they have Halliburton in there. I definitely am fine with like moving Buddy Heald if I can get a deal for him. So then you're looking at, I mean, here's their core as I see it. It's Fox, Halliburton, and uh, Rashawn Holmes at this point, I think. And Rashawn Holmes is only like a couple of years older than those guys. He's like 27. No Bagley? Uh, man, I don't see it with Bagley. I don't know. Like, I, I know Shane, you're, you're like, he's one of your guys. I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Like, he's had tons of injuries and stuff. Maybe he'll figure it out. He's only 21. I personally do not think he's going to figure it out in Sacramento. Um, uh, so, I think 
if I'm the Kings, I mean, I would even like be cool with keeping Harrison Barnes around, but then you're still, I think, one wing away from really being like a true contender. So if I'm the Kings, I am looking at a team like Charlotte. And I almost also went with them for like this, uh, sort of experiment as well, but I just, I frankly, I haven't watched enough of Charlotte and I don't know if I trust LaMelo yet, but if you can somehow get like for a player like Gordon Hayward into Sacramento, I think that gets really interesting because it just a little bit more shot creation, a a lot more shooting and somebody that's actually going to like play defense and, you know, not like loaf on that side of the court. I just feel like if you have, another big wing shooter around De'Aaron and Tyrese that I I don't, I really like, I don't know if they'd be the best offense in the league, but I don't think most teams could stop that. I mean, Fox has been nuts this year. Halliburton, a rookie and like been really solid. I just, I don't know. I've always had a soft spot for the Kings. They are like perennially the team that everyone, everybody wants to pick to be like the next guy up, you know? And so I, I feel like I might, just be falling for that <laughs> um uh and like the downside like De'Aaron Fox could be like Boogie Cousins 2.0 and like never make the playoffs in Sacramento and that'd be really uh a bummer honestly but I, I don't know I believe I think Fox as a star player with his profile fits the NBA much better than Boogie ever did even at his peak hell they're in the they're in the mix this year for the playing at least I I, I think I think they have more flexibility than that than I thought they did coming in, and I'm interested to see what comes of it. Yeah, I think Fox adding the three this year, like he's shooting like pull up threes, like that's huge. Because Darren Fox is running at you, you see everyone instinctively just start backpedaling because he's just so fucking fast. But yeah, I'm very high on Darren Fox. But what about you, Shane? Who do you got? Uh, I was just say real quick with the Kings. I don't think we might. I don't think we beat them this year. I, I know we really? started out on to and like. It's a cliche, right? But they do bring it every night. And I feel like that, yeah, that very much is the same as the team I'm about to say, which is like the Spurs. Whereas the Spurs on any given night, I mean, if you're playing a back to back or you're on a long road stretch and you don't feel like playing that night, the Spurs want to play every mm-hmm. night. And I feel like that sort of culture does, you know, project long term success. But the Spurs, I feel like are in a good spot. I mean, they've just got so much like, uh, guard defense that I would get rid of one of them. Like, uh, DeJounte Murray, for me, I would put him in an all-defensive team this year. Like, he's just mm-hmm. been strapping everybody up. Mm-hmm. You know, six four. I like that build. I like that, like, six four skinny guard build. I mean, he's just been putting people in hell all year. Yeah. Derek White, I think, is out again now. My guy. Yeah, he, I mean, he's always hurt. But Derek White, when he's on, as much credit as we give Jamal Murray in the playoffs, you know, for a one good playoff run, Derek White strapped Jamal up the year before. Jamal had nothing, you know, in, in that seven-game series whenever Derek White was on him. So what I would do if I'm the Spurs, I would call Orlando because I need a big man, and I would just ask him, you know, like I wouldn't give too much away, but what, which one of my players do you want for Mo Bamba? I would try to get him at a low price now. I would try to flip Derek White or Lonnie Walker or one of those guys. Get the big if someone is dumb enough to give me a good asset for LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously make that happen yesterday. But uh, I I just like the flexibility their roster has. I think you could keep DeMar and be good. I think DeMar's playing really well. I think yeah. you could keep him. 
I know you could flip him for something else. I'm not sure you'd get like a great price, but I really like how the roster is constructed right now. Keldon Johnson's been, uh, or sorry, uh, that's his last name, right? Keldon. Yeah, Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been. Whenever I watch, like he's been big bodying everybody. Mm-hmm. I really like his game. They just, I just don't see it with Pirtle. I don't see it with Lamarcus Aldridge at the five. They really need a big man. I feel like they could get someone like a Mo Bamba or give up a little bit more. I'd call about Mitchell Robinson and try to get a player like that. Miles Turner even. Although I think Miles Turner, that ship has sailed. I, I think they'd be dumb to get rid of him at this point. But I yeah, think that's they are just constructed really well. Yeah, I'm with you. Aldridge is definitely the sore spot there. Do you know how many years he has left on the deal? I can check. It's, it can't be more than two. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think him and DeRozan are up after this year. Okay. Yeah, I know they're the same. So whatever, whatever year it is. Yeah. And like, like I said with Demar, I'd be fine if they wanted to re-sign him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been a pro Demar player. I think he still is playing really well. And he has the mean issue game in the NBA. And I think like that is a nice thing to have on your team. Yeah. No, I, I like Demar. I'm glad that he's found his footing there. Um, uh, Lamarcus, though, you're right. I mean, he's just he's cooked, which is fine. He had a great career. Yeah, they're, they're having him shoot threes now. It's just like, what's yeah. the point? You know. Yeah. What I mean? But yeah. I just don't know if you could move him, and I don't really think they're in, like, a buyout scenario. Because I do think if he got bought out, LaMarcus Aldridge could be a very good contributor on a championship team, but not for $25 million or whatever a year it is uh-huh. right now. But, yeah, every time I watch the Spurs, though, I mean, it's you, you never get an easy win on the Spurs the same way you get a never – you never get an easy win on the Kings. And they're not going to be a top-four seed, but, I mean, they damn near put us out of the playoffs two years ago, and I think, yeah. like – gotten better since then and they're what like the seven seed right now i mean they've really overachieved i think so yeah, far and they got uh they got your guy in the draft uh devin vassal and i yep. mean he's been hitting when, yep. when he gets in god uh, damn it like denny's played well like the uh, whatever i'm not gonna talk about the wizards <laughs> but, but i i just i i really like the moves they've been making i do think becky hammond's gonna be head coach sometime in the near future and i do think that that's going to be a very powerful thing for the Spurs. I think a lot of players are going to want to play for the first mm-hmm. female coach in, you mm-hmm. know, free agency recruiting. I think it would be cool. And know, she has history. Oh yeah. I mean, people really respect her and you can tell why. Um, uh, I, so Derek Wade is not injured right now, by the way, he just missed one game, like resting, coming back from the injury. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Their guards are really tough. I've always liked DeJounte. He's another one who's been injured a lot, but like, because of that, they actually got him on a really good contract. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and if he can stay healthy and continue to play like he has been, I mean, that's big for them. I, you know, you, I might be a little bit more bullish than you are on their chances of getting, um, uh, Turner. Or maybe, I don't know if the Spurs want him, but like, I think he is still available. If not like now, I think he will be. Mm. I mean, the Pacers have really cooled off. And again, like, they traded for Karras and who, like, didn't get to play for them, which is nobody's fault. But, um, uh, they're, you know, they've been slipping in the standings and I just don't feel like they're maximizing, like, what the, the talent that they have, um, uh, is just not as well distributed, mm. uh, across positions. And, like, if, if, if I'm the Pacers and I can get, like, yeah, if I could get Derek White from the Spurs and, like, start him next to, uh, uh, Brogdon with Karras at the three, Who's the guy that's been injured for the Pacers who, like... Oh, T.J. Warren. Warren, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, who was just dead, by the way. Like, they, they've they just given no update on him for yeah. 
for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> there have been more updates about Karis than that about yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but around Sabonis, I think that would make much more sense than like trying to force Turner and Sabonis to play together. So I don't know. I mean, I do think like it's not impossible to get a big from a team that doesn't need one. Um, uh, and you're right. That's kind of like the missing part for the Spurs right now. And I think Miles Turner would fit their culture perfectly. And I, I'd even give up draft capital. I mean, if I go oh, yeah. on and I say Derek White, you know, Derek White for Miles Turner straight up, and they ask for a first round pick. I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm a playoff team now. I'd give it away. Yeah, sure. I would do it for sure. Yeah. And Miles Turner, bang for my buck, might have the best contract in the NBA, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. just having having him locked up that many years for 15 million a year, I really don't think is that much money for what he can bring to the table. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. No, Seamus. Yeah, I was gonna say the the Spurs to me. I'm a I've been squatting or I have stock in Lonnie Walker. I really like Lonnie Walker. <laughs> Walker. <laughs> he he's only 22, and the first season I think he had some like terrible injury, and he barely played his first year. So he's yeah. really had like one full season, and that was also like a COVID season. Yeah. Um, I just like, like, I don't, like, do I think Lonnie Walker is going to be, like, a superstar? No, but I think he could be, like, a really good bench player. Yeah. And, or just, like, a classic, like, Spurs player where they're, like, like, you're playing them and you're, like, oh, shit, here comes Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Like, he gets, like, 22 on you or something. Patty Mills 2.0. Yeah, but, I mean, if you look at it, if, because DeRozan and uh, Aldridge are up after this year, um, and neither of them have options or anything, so uh-huh. you would you would think if the Spurs want to move one or both of them, they could do that. Like I don't like like we said, I don't think they'll get much for Aldridge unless they can like like just fuck with the team and get something. But like DeRozan, they can definitely get something for. So then if you flip DeRozan for like whatever you want, or you can somehow switch something and get Bamba like for Derek White, like you said, Shane. Hmm. Like I think I think then you have like a decent team going forward. Plus Vassal. Like, obviously, he's can shoot, so you at least have that. Like, I think they have a really solid young, like, bench minimum, and then DeJounte and, you know, whatever you want to do with him after that. I, I just, like, they need something else scoring-wise. I'm just not sure yeah. what exactly it is. I think they're missing, like, uh, so just comparing the Spurs to the Kings, the Kings, I think, have something the Spurs don't right now, which is, like, that one guy that's just, like, the high end, like, can get you a bucket, like, in crunch time in, like, really tough spots. I think the Spurs have a bunch of guys that can work in a system that might you might feel good about, but I don't think DeMar is at that stage of his career anymore. I don't really trust DeJounte in that spot. You know, Derek White's really solid. He's a really great shooter. I don't necessarily want him, like, being my pick-and-roll guy in the last possession of a game. That makes it a little bit trickier for them, but if you can continue to like build out the in in like redistribute the um, talent across the positions of the team, getting somebody like um, uh, Turner, or if you're still high on Bamba, Sheamus, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, and and you're right, Shane. I mean, like it is kind of like trite. It's like hack to say like people forget about the Spurs. But it is true. I mean, like nobody talked about this team before the season, and they're, again, not to pick on them, but they're way fucking better than Atlanta. <laughs> and, and like, what one name? I mean, we've talked extensively about the Spurs at this point, but one name we haven't even barely touched, playing the best ball of his career now is Patty Mills. It's just been on yeah. fire this year, and that's why I think 
a Derek White or a Lonnie Walker, I'm fine getting rid of. I know Patty Mills gets paid a little bit more than I think some people are comfortable with, but he's been hooping, man. I, I, I trust him. I'm fine with him another two or three years or however long they need to keep him on the roster. I'm with Maybe, you. Uh, the stat with him this year uh, that I saw, he is now officially played the most games of any Australian player ever, which is like, Hell pretty, yeah. you know, so. Hell yeah. That's sick. Um, I forgot he was Australian, actually, but of course, Patty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, a big, he's a big coffee guy. He's a big coffee aficionado. You should listen to him talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really funny. Yeah, but I, I just, I'm, I'm a, just a big fan of that roster and the flexibility yeah. that it has right now. They're, uh, to me, they are a team who didn't qualify for the criteria, but they're kind of like the poor man's thunder where they just have right. so much they can do with their roster going forward. It's however they want to do it. So. Right. Yeah. Plus, I was going to say, too, even if they don't trade uh, Aldridge or DeRozan, the amount of cap they free up with yeah. that, they can do whatever they want with it. And it's supposed yeah. to be a good year, right? Like, Well, um, well, now because Giannis signed his extension and, like, AD's off the board, Paul George is off the board. I mean, there are still some names out there. It's not as, like, big on the high-end talent as people would maybe projected it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, they're going to have tons of money to spend, even if they want to re-sign DeRozan, which I think would definitely make sense for them, given, like, a good number. Uh, they would still, yeah, they have a lot of flexibility. You're right, Shane. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Spurs, though, I'm still calling every free agent just saying no state tax, no state tax, or <laughs> whatever their state tax is. Come here, yeah. And bring Kawhi back. Yeah. Hell yeah. That would be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> if Kawhi just left PG to go back to San Antonio. Dude, I don't know, man. I feel like Uncle Dennis would like ask for the stadium or something next time. <laughs> uh, San Antonio is a cool town. I, I was there. That was the last, uh, well, other than moving to New Orleans, but that was the last like American city I went to pre, um, well, actually it was during pandemic, <laughs> um, uh, before like the shutdown and everything. Um, uh, cool city. Home of the world's biggest cinnamon bun. Ooh, wow. All right. I had it. I didn't finish it. <laughs> wow. It was, it, it was big. <laughs> you didn't get your picture up on the wall there? No, not not there. <laughs> All right, Seamus, bring us home. Okay. So I picked the Timberwolves, which turns out was a mistake because the Timberwolves <laughs> are big fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was surprised when you texted that, but I want to hear it. I, so I kind of, like, I was just, like, looking at the teams that didn't make the playoffs, and I was like, okay. And I was, like, I was thinking about, like, good young players, and I was like, okay. Timberwolves, like, in a decent position. Um, But, yeah, like I said, turns out they're pretty fucked for multiple reasons. Um, So, obviously, if you're trying to build with the T-Wolves, you're looking at Towns, and you're looking at Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, in theory. Which you shouldn't be happy about, but I don't know. At this point, D'Andro, he's been on how many teams at this point? Uh, four. four. Yeah. Four. Yeah, because it was yeah. uh, Lakers, Brooklyn, no. Warriors, Wolves. Yep. Oh my and, God! Yeah, he did. He did <laughs> stop it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so actually that ties into something else too. So also Russell's twenty four. So he's twenty four and he's been on four teams. Um, and that's alpha. He, yeah, and he's making about thirty million a year. Um, so the thing with Russell that I had forgotten about until I looked into it. So when the Wolves traded to get D'Angelo Russell, they traded Wiggins 
and they traded their first round pick for this year coming up, and it's top three protected. So if it's not in the top three, then Golden State gets it this year. So they could just straight up not have a first round pick this year. In a good draft, too. Yeah. And then if if they do have it in the top three this year, then it's unprotected next year. So they either don't get it this year or they get a top and they get a top three pick or they lose it this year and then they have a pick next year. So it's not a good situation, like at all. And then contract wise, when I'm looking at it, they have after this season, they only lose two people on their salary and it's Ed Davis and Jared Vanderbilt making like a combined 5 million. Yeah. I think uh, uh, dude, uh I think Jared Vanderbilt could be like an MB, like a contributor on another team down the line but definitely not now. Cuz yeah. he, he the Timberwolves got Jared Vanderbilt when we traded with them and we sent Malik Beasley over who <laughs> probably like their third highest paid player, right? Shane so, will never forget the Malik Beasley trade. <laughs> I, I stood on the table before he. I'm not even. No, I'm not even going to go there. But like the, the Malik Beasley story, everyone knows. <laughs> but I adamantly think Malik Beasley would have been better to keep than Gary Harris. Do you know Malik Beasley's stats this year? Because I looked him up, and I was very surprised. They're good, right? He's averaging 21, five rebounds, two assists. Yeah, dude, he he's a legitimate, like just like a mean scorer who can shoot. Like, it doesn't he get like fifteen million a year or something like that. He gets so they signed him. They, he's on the team for this year and three more years after. So through twenty three twenty four season, the twenty three twenty four season is a team option, but he makes around like fifteen million a year on average. And I think that's a fair contract. Like, I yeah. do think like he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also have Hernan Gomez. For the next three years, at like seven million a pop. Which um, one? Juan. Yeah, he's, a, he's okay. Yeah. He shouldn't be getting paid that much. He's a good guy to have on your bench. He's a very likable guy. That's like the thing I'm finding with the Timberwolves, where they have so their second oldest player, um, on the roster currently is Jake Lehman. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so we're old. <laughs> Jake Lehman's actually our age. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, so like I said, next year they lose Ed Davis and Vanderbilt, and their cap goes up because they're paying, like, Cap more, they're paying Russell more, and they're paying, like, a little bit more for everybody else. Yeah, um, yeah. They have, they since they re-obtained Ricky Rubio from the Suns, Ricky Rubio makes $17 million a year for the next two years, which is tight. Um, tight for him, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, they're fucked salary cap wise. Like, they're uh-huh. going to have to trade either Rubio or D'Lo to free up any sort of space to sign anybody. Um, so I was looking at it. I'm like, so if you trade, if you get rid of Rubio and get like shit for him contract wise or someone for this year and then you can sign free agents, you know, this coming off season, they're like people this off season that I thought they could potentially like, I don't know why, but I feel like Andre Drummond would be very funny on the Timberwolves hmm. because you put him with... Um, so you'd play Cat at the four? Yes, because Cat gets bullied. Cat's good at rebounds, but not defensive rebounds, and I would yeah. let I would let Drummond just scoop up rebounds and just guard whatever the top big man is and let, like, Cat just kind of float around and do what he wants. Um, 
there's like other like random guards, but they, what is it? The Timberwolves are this season, their offensive rating is 27th. Their defensive rating is 24th. Um, cats only played six games, but still that's shitty. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I mean, this is given the reason he's been out. Like it feels really insensitive to say it. Um, uh, but given what you, laid out with the like the pick they owe to the Warriors the team I do not think they were going to make the playoffs this year like no matter how many games Cat played not the worst thing that for them that he's missed like 70 percent of the season so far I mean again like I'm really really happy for him that he's healthy now and that his scare with the virus is over um uh, it does seem like that was really uh just terrible for him and I don't want to be glib about it but just in terms of, like, this is, like, one of the weird things about sports, right, is, like, sometimes these, like, really terrible things that happen to the players can actually be helpful for a team's um, a long-term prospects. So it is good for the Timberwolves that they are the worst team in the West right now. <laughs> I think, like, someone like Cat, who was always banged up anyway, really just having having time away is not the worst thing. I almost wish Jamal and the Nuggets would have the same situation because just guys who are perennial banged up, Sometimes you're, you're just going to have to need a rest at some point, and I, th- I do think it would be good for Cat, or it has been good for Cat, rather. Yeah. Also, these so these are the first-round picks for the Timberwolves <laughs> the last few years. I didn't – again, you looking really, at you it, really You really did not do this exercise right, Seamus. <laughs> I, I really didn't. Dude, I like – um. Who's the tall dude who plays defense? And, like, obviously he's not that good because I don't remember his name. But every time I watch, he is strapping up. Is it Nas Reed? Yeah. No. No? Yeah. Nas Reed's nice, actually. Yeah, this yeah, guy's, like, 6'8", and, like, just plays wing defense, and that's it. But, like, every time I watch him, he's strapping up. Oh, my God. he Because he was their first-round pick. Oh, Culver? Yeah. It's either Culver or uh, a Kogi. No, it's Culver. Yeah. yeah. But so So these are the Timberwolves picks. Uh, 2014, they picked in the first round. These are only first round picks. 2014, Zach Levine. No longer have. 2015, Towns. 2016, they picked Chris Dunn with the fifth pick. 2017, they picked Lori and they traded him like day of. Interesting. Uh, 2018, they picked Akogi. And then 2019, they picked Cam Johnson with the 11th pick who they traded same day. And then obviously Anthony Edwards this year. But they can't draft for shit. No. And Josh right. would have been good for them, too, I think. Like, he would have fit in well there. Yeah, yeah. And that's funny, because they, didn't they trade, who was the other guy you said they traded, Seamus? Lori. Lori. Okay, no, never mind. I was thinking they did both deals with Phoenix, but obviously Lori went to Chicago. And it sucks, like, the ones, like, it's too, it's still early on Cam, but it sucks a couple of the ones they have hit on, they've, like, just got rid of immediately. Yeah. All right, Seamus. Well, if we take this pick seriously at all, then it would have to be because you believe that Anthony Edwards is going to be a real dude. Do you actually do you have opinions about Edwards at this point? Anthony Edwards is Andrew Wiggins 2.0. That's yeah, where I'm at. <laughs> I uh, I'm not in on him, but I'm not out. I really feel like he's one of the people that like if he takes and again, this is like where you can say he's Andrew Wiggins, but if he takes like the NBA like weight training and shit seriously like he's gonna be a hammer going to the rim and he's like, already big he's like big though he's like built he's strong yeah but I, I feel like like well, all right so what what are the like 
the new stories we've seen about Anthony Edwards circulating. It's him uh, eating Popeye's fries and like all, you know, like just like he's stuff. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, stuff you don't want to hear from uh, your first pick. But I also think he's what nineteen. Crazy, yeah. yeah. He, and this is like you can never bank on this, but like if he like grows like at all, like if he grows into his body a little bit, but like you said, he's already big. I was always I was always uh, mellow one. I would have gone mellow one. And I how do you? Well, let's because I I brought up Charlotte at the top, but let's talk Hornets a little bit. Like, have you been paying attention to his uh, last few games? I mean, I was not a mellow guy going in. I the shooting really scared me away. Um, seems like that might not be a problem. I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of those things you got. He has to do it for multiple years, really. But dude is hitting him right now. He hit him on the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. It's tough when, when so much of your game is just like the transition passing, like just like running the fast break. That is something that can be schemed away to a large extent. But uh, I kind of feel about his jump shot the same. Like I think he might be a Luka 2.0 where it's like working now, but long term he's going to have to keep improving on it. Like this might not be sustainable, but I think he has it. I, I feel if I was the Hornets, I, I feel like I'd hit a home run on the pick. He's going to easily win Rookie of the Year, not that that means anything. I mean, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, you know, won Rookie of the Year, and then we've never seen him since. But I, I do like him. I think Wiseman's going to be the best player from the draft. I feel like that's a pretty, like, common thought. That's not an original thought. But I feel I feel good about it. I definitely would have taken Anthony Edwards third out of those three. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think that you have to say that right now. And, again, yeah. like, we're but, – but I, but I said that, like, you know, back. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm with you. And again, I was not high on LaMelo. I probably would have taken Wiseman. I mean, I don't know about for the Wolves because they already had Towns, obviously. But just if I were to, like, in my head who was best, I probably would have said Wiseman. I was going to say, I mean, I totally respect you being on that. I was just going to say, like, we will not know for years <laughs> which one of these guys is best. Like, we're talking two months into their careers. Yeah, obviously. I think the only thing that would have made sense for the Wolves to take Wiseman and this is like this still could happen is if they knew that they were just going to flip towns at some point, which I still think is on the table. If they, it, I honestly don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for like I know the Celtics are always linked to him. If they can get a haul back, a bunch of draft picks that they're going to waste, it still yeah. might be the best thing. But if I can pat myself on the back about one draft prospect, please. Sadiq Bay killed last night. Okay. Sadiq Bay was like the first player in NBA history to have like thirty. It was like thirty points, ten rebounds. 100% from three, 100% from free throw. Oh, I did see so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I, I'm just always a fan of give me the three and D guy. I feel like it's so hard to fuck up, like, projecting that to the NBA. And, like, a lot of it, like, stats are just bullshit now where you can be like, the first player since 1987, you know what oh. I mean? But uh, he was the first piston since Grant Hill to hit, like, all those marks. And, like, I see, like, a lot of Grant Hill, like, in his game to a degree. And the Pistons have had good players since Grant Hill. Like, it's not, I mean, yeah. they're not good now, but it's not like that was a totally, like, moribund franchise since Grant was playing there. And we're uh, all, we all are kind of rooting for the Pistons for different reasons, but, like, where do you guys, how do you guys feel about their prospects going forward? Um, I feel like they're an interesting team to kind of, yeah, I'm with you, Seamus. Like, I don't, I'm not buying too high, but they have, it's encouraging that they have been able to beat these good teams. That's kind of a yeah. probability that, these are the wins they're getting, you know. They're trying. Like, Dwayne Casey's a good coach. Jeremy Grant, I mean, you don't want him to be your first option, I don't think, forever. But, like, yeah. he's a good culture guy, right? Like, he's going to do his job every night and play defense every night. I think 
basically how I feel about all the teams at the bottom of the standings right now is that it's just going to really matter where they end up in this draft because um uh we've you said it Shane but everybody's projecting this draft to be really nuts. Obviously Cade Cunningham is like probably the best rated prospect since Luca, right? Um uh I don't know. I mean it's hard to well, me to the, the recent buzz is uh the kid on the G League team uh is it Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green? I always mix them up. I think Jalen Green, right? Yeah, but apparently he can just jump out of the fucking gym. Like yeah. some some people are starting to talk about him as the number one. But like as someone who's like watched, like I, I don't know, he might have grew. You know, like these kids mm. are like eighteen years old. He might have hit a growth spurt or something. But I've just seen too much Cade Cunningham to not take him number one. I think he's uh, gonna to, be the first to, to not not take him number one. I should yeah, say. yeah. And I mean, and he might not be the best player in the draft, obviously, right? Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's going to depend like where these teams are picking, who they get, like how those guys turn out. So if the Pistons hit on somebody in the draft, suddenly that's an interesting team to me. Like, I think they need to flip Blake. Um, uh, like, you know, he's just not. He hasn't dunked this year. Yeah, he's just not Blake anymore. It's sad, yeah. but it's just, it's over for him uh, as a star player anyway. It's not as if, like, they are, they're not the Wolves where they're, like, paying $30 million to a dude that might suck. <laughs> Everybody on their team that isn't Blake, um, uh, can really like, I, you know, they're either expendable or they're cheap and like worth keeping around, yeah, right? Like you said, you don't want Jeremy Grant to be your number one option. He's doing e- even better than I thought he would do in this Definitely. role so far. But I think like if you have a Sadiq Bay and a Jeremy Grant to build around a star, which assume uh, like if you can get rid of Blake, you're going to have cap space. Those are some pretty good supporting talent. Like that's like the roster makeup you want. Go get a center. Hope Killian Hayes isn't as awful as he's looked so far, and you might have something. You might have an eight seed. Well, they and got I, Dennis Smith Jr. They did get Dennis Smith Jr. I'm never selling my Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, stock. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like DeLon Wright, honestly, too. I mean, he's not going to change your life, but just as, like, a yeah. solid role player. I, I think, like, Jeremy Grant wanting to go there, once you get the – and Jeremy Grant's not – he hasn't made an all-star team yet. He might not make it this year even, but I know oh, he was, like, high on the – yeah, he was, he was in the – in the last projection, but I think it's powerful when you have the first player to say, I want to go play for a team that no one wants to play for. I think that is the first step in the right direction for, like, even, even honestly, if DeMar DeRozan goes there, I think that adds a lot. I think that's a playoff team if he ends up there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the East, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I feel much better about the Pistons than I did last year. Um, uh, and I know, like, people were really on them for losing Christian Wood and all that stuff, and it's like, I get that, like, Christian Wood's really good, but I don't really think, I I understand why they didn't want to keep him around, um, uh, just in terms of, like, where their roster is looking and, uh, building to the future more. Because, realistically, all Christian Wood was going to do for them this year is, like, get them to win too many games where they don't have as good a draft pick, and still not make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, so... I'll I'll defend that um uh anyway right now. But yeah, no. Some well, except Seamus, you can you can think harder and maybe come back next time and pick a real team. <laughs> no, one, I just, one team I'm higher on the most is the Knicks. Like I really like what the Knicks are putting together. I just watched them play against the Wizards, and they beat the shit out of the Wizards, obviously, who didn't have Beal. But I did not love how RJ looked in that game, and okay, that he's looked, he's looked good almost every game I've watched. Yeah, I know he's still I, young, but he is still young. He can definitely figure it out. But he was like, I want to say he was like four for fifteen or something like that, and like his makes were coming at the rim 
which, like, you can get to the rim against the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, could be definitely, like, one bad game. But when dudes aren't, like, having good offensive games against this Wizards team, I'm kind of just, like, I am unfairly biased against them. Because <laughs> I just, like, feel like everybody should light them up. With the Knicks, it's, I think it's, like, it's Thibodeau getting a young team to play really well. Or, like, play hard, I guess, every night. Yeah. And they have good people on there, but, like, they're just, like... I feel like the Knicks currently just have, like, certain, like, guys they drafted in the first round that it's, like, they're just not good, like, uh, Frankie Smokes and Kevin Knox. Dude, Kevin Knox, his entire draft profile was that he was the youngest player. Like, that was it. Or it was like, is he good? I mean, he could, he can do this. No, he can't. Like, he's so bad every time I watch. Just for the record, RJ Barrett's stats so far this year, just under 17 points a game, three assists, 28 from three and 42 from the field overall. Yeah. Kind of rough for an off guard. Um, uh, I mean, you could definitely get there. I just, I'm not a believer yet. You said all star? No, uh, for an off guard. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, I'm talking all star. No, 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 for a two, for a two. Yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be, uh, he reminds me a lot of like, uh, almost like the role like Tyreek Evans used to play, just kind of being like the like longer sort of like, Combo guard, essentially. I know he doesn't really play point guard, but that he basically kind of does for them a lot. Not bringing it down the floor, but he's the one they kind of initiate the offense through. At the time, I know they were, some people were considering RJ with the number two pick, like that, a lot of the draft people, that was idiotic. I mean, it's pretty clear it's Zion and Ja. Uh, however you want to rank those two, I think you can make a case for either, but. I think a lot of the RJ skepticism comes from the comparison to the other people in his draft class. But It's not doing him any favors to be the third pick in that draft, obviously. Even so, again, you know, I, I cannot say I've watched a ton of the Knicks this year, and it's not as if, like, I don't think the Wizards are, like, the best barometer for any team or players, like, overall kind of standing. I just, I just wasn't impressed by what I saw from him in that game, and... You know what? It was one game, so he has a whole career left worth of him um, uh, to prove me wrong about that. Yep, shooting 28% from three. Um, it's it's just rough, man. It, I don't know. Like, I, I, I hope he does. I would like the Knicks to be good, honestly. Like, I, I think it's more fun for the league to have, like, the Knicks being competitive, and so I would rather him actually hit and, like, give them something really worthwhile going forward. Can't say I see it right now. Um, but, you know what? Would, would you rather have him or Anthony Edwards? Huh. Uh, I guess RJ. RJ, you guys seem to be lower on him, but you also seem to be lower on Anthony. I, I guess I would take RJ just because I know he actually gives a shit. Yeah. I'd give, I'd want Anthony Edwards. He's just a I pro. Would yeah, I would too. Yeah, but. Um, would you rather have RJ Barrett or Cam Reddish? Cause that's same year. <laughs> uh, I might take Cam, but I, again, like, I feel like Cam gives a shit too. Yeah, he does. That. Yeah, he does. Um, uh, I, I would probably still go with RJ though, just because the pedigree and like, I think like he was much better than Cam on that Duke team. Yeah. I think, well, cause I think with that Duke team, it was all Zion and they thought that, Cam and RJ were going to be much better than what they actually turned out to be. Yeah. But, but I think, cause Cam came, Cam's like a better shooter, like, yeah. allegedly, right? That's right. like his thing. 
I don't know. I'd re- personally at this point, I'd like because I think about if you put Cam Reddish on the Knicks, what he would do if you just gave him a free pass to just shoot as much as he wanted. I get what you're saying, but I feel like it wouldn't work because like RJ's the creator on that team. It would be a lot of like you you would have to be relying on Julius Randle to get R- Cam those shots. It just wouldn't work, but. I definitely like if people want Cam over RJ because of the jump shot. I don't think you can fault him. I mean, yeah. What one of my I think for me the most one of the most important things you can be as a player is being able to play on and off ball, and I think Cam definitely has more of that than RJ. Just just so we're um uh, keeping ourselves consistent here, I definitely Cam has the reputation I think as a better shooter than RJ. He is currently shooting at 25% from three for the season. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so oh, yeah. yeah, the numbers have not borne, him at, borne it out for either of these dudes yet. Um, uh, and again, I would take RJ just from his body of work so far. Mm-hmm.